Whether you're a professional athlete or a seasoned corporate executive, it is easy to enjoy a lifestyle where a paycheck is calling all the shots. But is that sustainable forever? Welcome to Tell Your Boss I Quit with Pete Gutekunst, founder of Good Financial Services and financial planner with Raymond James. Pete helps you financially bridge from the journey you've started through the life goals you've imagined. Sooner or later, by force or by choice, life takes turns. Listen as Pete discusses how to take charge and make your move on your terms with confidence. John Lennon wrote, Life is what happens when you're making plans. Well, sounds like he did not take a financial planning course or read many economic media posts which are full of specific actions or so-called rules of thumb that people are told they should follow in their fiscal lives. Well, here to help you navigate the difference between textbook advice and real-life behavior is Goot Financial Services founder and Tell Your Boss I Quit author, Peter Gutekunst. Well, thanks, Patrice, and, and welcome. And, you know, it is funny how our art informs real life uh, better than actions. And, and uh, uh, John Lennon, I think, actually had it right, a lot better than most textbooks, to tell you the truth. And, uh, you know, life does have a funny way of getting in, in the way of plans. And all too often, people can be told what they should be doing. And and uh, it's kind of hard to follow that advice. And it's kind of like dieting or, you know, drinking too much. People still do it, even though they shouldn't. So, uh, you know, that's really, I think, what a, what a good financial plan and a good financial planner does is help help stay on the course. And so I swear this is the last time I'm going to introduce you this way, Brian, but I'd like to introduce Brian Henderson, uh, a good financial services uh, associate of mine and uh, the most recently minted CFP in the office as well. Uh, so I swear this is the last time I'm going to say this, but as the newer, younger guy in the office, more recently uh, from Temple University, uh, and your studies as CFP. And now uh, having worked together, I was looking at the calendar, we've been working together with clients going on about four years. So I'm curious, what is different between uh, what you expected from your academic financial planning studies to what we've been doing working with real life situations? Yeah. And I may be the most recently uh, graduated person in the office, but it certainly doesn't seem recent for me. It kind of seems like a lifetime ago, if I'm honest. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that I think have been different just you know, dealing and working with clients on a daily basis versus the studying aspect of things. I think one thing in particular that always kind of comes up um, whenever we meet someone new or even just meeting with clients that we've worked with for a little while is a lot of times there is a bit of disconnect as far as going through daily activities and headlines that people are reading, whether it be on the news or different you know articles that people are, are going through that I think a lot of times there's a lot of noise to to try to get through and mm -hmm. having people understand you know the amount of information that's out there, there's plenty of it. So if you want to read and you want to learn, you know, <laughs> certainly can do that. But trying to sift through that and really understand what of that information applies to their own situation, I think sometimes is is a little bit hard to get through. I know a lot of times there's, you know, we call it noise in, in the media and, you know, things that are important and that we should be paying attention to. But there's also some things that may not apply to one person or another for whatever reason in their specific situation. And so I think that that's something that you know, a lot of people struggle with is just understanding what information is really pertinent to their own situation and uh, what maybe can be left to the side. 
Yeah, I, I, that's a really interesting point. I never thought of it that way. You're, uh, when you're learning about financial planning, it kind of makes the assumption that you know what you should be doing, and then it helps you figure out how to make that happen. And you're not really getting bombarded with these offsetting or counter opinions. You're you're kind of following through what you're supposed to do. You get this information. You gather goal. You know. You find out what their goals are. You run some analysis. Uh, but meanwhile, there's all these you know uh, directions of information that are coming at people, and they're they're kind of trying to get you get you off off target. And that, and that makes a lot of sense. And I think. Uh, you know, that's something that we encounter on a regular basis is, uh, you know, people will call into the office or something like that. They they need a little extra money or somebody, you know, has something that's generally unplanned or or not part of the plan. And I think that's really where flexibility uh, is such a critical element. And I don't really know that that's something in the financial planning academics. But to me, that I think that's really a critical piece is you need to be flexible in your financial plans, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And that is definitely a big disconnect that I've seen from myself too. And it's not necessarily a negative thing. It's just something that you kind of learn over time. Um, I think a lot of times financial planners and financial planning uh, educational resources expect you to be able to come out of having met with uh, new clients and basically write up a long document as to recommendations that they should implement. Sometimes it has to do with different insurance coverages. Maybe it's reallocating investments to uh, better align with someone's goals or risk tolerance, but that always changes. And so flexibility is a huge part in that. I mean, recently we had a storm that came through and you know people have costs that come associated with that, you know, relative to the house that maybe that's not something you necessarily was going to think would take place. Or, you know, maybe you have another kid that comes along that you weren't really planning for, but you know, (laughs) that happens too. And so understanding how that changes the needs of people over time is is huge. You know, sometimes people think that they're in a house that they're going to live in forever and they decide that that's not the case. And so are you going to be looking for something bigger? Are we moving to a new state? Um, you know, that can mean that you're dealing with different tax laws, or it could mean that, um, you know, you're just looking to upsize or downsize and what does all of that entail? And so there's always things that are changing. Timelines change for when funds are needed, different things pop up, you know, along the way. And so flexibility is is a huge aspect of what we're doing. And I think that's also why it's important to have a long-term relationship with your planner is they're going to understand you and your needs. And so when something like that does pop up, it may throw a wrench in what you thought you had going on before that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the long-term plan has changed, but something mm. in the short or the midterm right. may need to adjust. And so that's that's a huge aspect of planning is the ongoing aspect of it. Yeah, that's that's that last thing you said in particular, that's a really good point. I think the value of having, you know, a, a an advocate, a planner, uh, you know, a sounding board is when you know a person and they come in with a change, a lot of times they're afraid. They're thinking, I need to do this or I want to do this, but how much is this going to throw off things? And, you know, we work with people and we know how they, people have patterns. And I always say that, right? People have patterns. And if you live a certain way, you tend to continue to live that certain way. So when that thing pops up, like you said, uh, well, that's not your pattern. You don't, you're not one who just overspends and comes up with this sort of, 
you know, one-off thing on a regular basis. So you can give them some comfort that it's okay. One, because you have done the, the, you know, the calculations and and verified it. But two, you know how they're going to behave going forward, or at least can you know reaffirm that. I think that's that's an interesting point. That's, you know, that is a you know a big piece of it. And also, I think the you know we tend not to do questionnaires. And and I think I've shared this with you. I, I don't like to do questionnaires because it asks a person for their opinion about how they feel right now at the time that we ask the questionnaire. And so when something goes awry in the, in the investment markets, for example, they might have said, oh, I'm perfectly fine with that. And then when it really happens, they're like, oh, well, you know, they kind of answer you differently. And And what made me think of it, you were saying about having, you know, a child or something like that. People say, oh, this is what I'm going to do if I have, you know, they they think they're really spot on planning and this is what I'm going to do. And we think we're going to have a, a, you know, a certain size family. Sometimes you get twins. That's unexpected. And sometimes, you know, that family starts to grow. And you think, well, I'm not going to work as much. And so the, the plan has to constantly change. And likewise, you get to retirement, right? People get to that point and they're going, uh, you know, they think that they're going to you know, change their house. You know, we talk about downsizing and I always say downsizing isn't necessarily downspending. So, you know, it doesn't always go according to plan. So you really have to be flexible and understand yourself, some self-awareness, but maybe that's a good part of what we do. Uh, and again, I don't think that's something the textbooks talk about is self-awareness and you as the planner kind of pulling out self-awareness from the people that you work with. So you and I were talking, Brian, I uh, I was I was going to ex- sort of share my thoughts on on our philosophy, and so believe it or not, I discovered that there is uh, a little bit of a professional internet debate on uh, what uh, goals based planning and cash flow planning. And uh, so, before I open that Pandora's box, though, uh, just give us a quick rundown of some of the key elements, no matter what kind of a financial plan it is, uh, that are important as as a foundation. Uh, and then I'd like to share a little bit about our our philosophy and and how that ties into textbook and re- real life. Yes. Yeah, there's de- definitely textbook information that they say you need to gather that is very relative. I think one thing that we come back to a lot of the times is what we consider lifestyle, and we might dive into this a little bit more later in the podcast, but really what we're trying to get at is what does it cost for you to live the life that you want to live? So some people you know, live off of one salary and that's what gets them able to buy the groceries and, you know, pay for all the other costs that we have on a daily basis. And that could be a range of uh, values for, you know, different people and different families. But even outside of just understanding what is your life cost, you know, at we talk to people that are at different stages of life and depending on that stage could also change the information that we need to gather. Some of that could be, you know, what does uh, life insurance coverage that do you have right now? And that may change as far as your needs throughout your life goes. If people are, you know, further along and closer to retirement, maybe they don't necessarily have the same needs as someone that's just starting off a new family. Um, you know, outside of that could be how much do you have saved up to this point? Again, depending on where you are in your life, you have more or less time if what we're planning for is retirement, or maybe we're planning for a vacation house or something along those lines. But understanding those goals or what is it that we're trying to achieve and then what the inputs into that are. And that's, you know, how much are you saving at this point? What does cash flow look like just in general? Um, are there any gaps in, you know, insurance coverages and things like that? So it's really just understanding the full picture 
of where are people at at this point in their life? Where are we trying to get to over the next couple of years and then longer term from that point? And understanding the information that's that's necessary to know for those specific people and the stage of life that they're in. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think it's really getting, like you just said, it's really getting to know and understand a person's situation. And there's some things that we have to know. We have to know income, we have to know savings and all of those things, but you really want to, you know, pull all of that together. And, and you mentioned the the key word, which I think is our philosophy here. So I mentioned goals-based and and cash flow planning. And I said that there was a bit of a debate on the internet of which one is better. And what I find interesting is that it almost implies, you know, something's better than the other and people are putting things into a computer and that's financial planning. And what you're sharing is we're getting information to really get to know and understand a person and what matters most to them and and what they need to be able to accomplish what they're doing rather than leading them down. This is what everyone should be doing, which is more, I'll say an analytical or mathematical thing. People are going to behave the way they behave and we need to to manage that and help them get where they're going, maybe sometimes put guardrails in for them uh, or help them just realize that that there's some opportunities. And so those those two schools of thought, uh, I think, kind of overlap and, and really don't define the key and, and the primary way to, to execute good, what I would call good financial planning. And I think our philosophy is really uh, what I call lifestyle-based planning. You mentioned the word lifestyle. And to me, that's the most critical piece of all. And don't you think uh, when we meet with people, sometimes they have a hard time saying, you know, exactly what uh, what it is that that they're spending or what their lifestyle is. But that's really, I think we've got to tap into that because that defines everything else. And so you mentioned whether it's life insurance at you know at a middle stage of life, you're replacing income. So if you don't know what that lifestyle costs, that's really a, you know a critical piece. And uh, and I think if if you're if you're making more than enough money, you're probably spending it. And so cash flow planning tends to assume that if you have extra money, that that's just going to go into the plan and get saved. And I think that's something that you've really you know uncovered over time together is if people are making more than enough money, it doesn't mean that it's building up in a savings account necessarily, right? Yeah, no, that's a great thing to bring up. And from a textbook perspective, a lot of times what they're talking about is what is the percentage of your pre-retirement income that needs to be replaced to sustain someone throughout um, you know, the latter half of, of life. And so that might be 60% or 70% of your, you know, pre-retirement income is what they say you need to replace. But that number is really an arbitrary numbered quite honestly it's i think what's more important to understand is what do you actually have coming in and how much of that is going to bills that just have to be paid and then how much of that is left over and actually being saved if it is and if not what is that going to some people when they go from you know their working years to post working years say oh well i'm not going to do x activity anymore and if you don't have a conversation about that, then you don't understand that that's their intentions that, you know, maybe right now they uh, are driving race cars on the weekend and they don't plan <laughs> to do that when they're in retirement. Well, if you don't know that and there's a cost associated to it, then yeah, that's something that's going to change and it's something that needs to be talked about and understood. And so, like you said, it really comes down to lifestyle. What is it that you want to be doing on a daily basis if you don't have a paycheck coming in anymore? And honestly, that question might be harder to answer than even what will it cost? Because I think a lot of times people you know, spend so much time 
own their jobs or working or you know commuting or getting ready for work and doing all those activities if you're a business owner then you're completely consumed by it whether you want to admit it or not i think <laughs> most people you know that we talk to that have a business it really is on the mind 24/7 and so if that's not the case anymore just understanding what your day to day looks like uh, maybe even harder than knowing what it costs, but that's really what it comes down to: is understanding what is the life that you're trying to live, um, you know, and how best to plan for that. Yeah, and I think that's and that's a good point. Although I don't know if you were driving race cars on the weekend, why would you stop doing that? I know I wouldn't be able to. I was going to say, but... what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but no, but that's a good point. You're 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 living your lifestyle, and and I really feel very strongly about this. It's not our role to get you to change. It's our role to help you manage to doing what it is you're doing. If you are driving race cars on the weekend, that's what you do. You're not all of a sudden going to flip a switch and stop doing that. And so if you drive uh, you know, uh, a, a Chevy, you're probably going to keep driving a Chevy. And if you drive a Mercedes, you're probably going to keep driving a Mercedes. So that's your lifestyle. And so and unless there's some real red flags, it isn't our role to say, you know, you could have more money left over if you did this, that, or the other thing. And and so that's why I think lifestyle is so key. And some of these arguments on the internet that I'm talking about are, this is sort of a number that we've come up with, and this is what you have to do. And that's not really what I think financial planning is. And that's really, I think, goes back to to the original comment about life getting in the way of plans is that you start out and you think you're going to do things a certain way and you get to a certain point in life and it's not quite there and you've got to constantly adjust and pivot and continue to monitor and measure that you're still getting to where you thought you were going. And to your point, where you're going might even change along the way. And that's what financial planning is. And so that's where John Lennon comes in to a good financial plan is, uh, you know, there's a lot more of that in, in, in what we do you know, than just crunching the the hard numbers. That's just the verification. That's the part. I think it's the conversation that we have around the math, around the calculations, or whether it's goal place or cash flow based or however you're, you know, coming at it from a financial planning. It's the conversations that you have with with the people that we're working with. And I think that's really the the thing that comes out in in real life planning is the conversation not so much the hard math. But you know, I'd like to go a little deeper on this, Brian. We we uh, you know, we have a, a financial bridge and and I talk about getting things organized. So, let's do this. Let's uh let's come back another time and let's start to to go through some of these things together that we're seeing on a regular basis and and where we can, you know, identify what people could be should be looking at and apply that as we go through through the financial bridge and and kind of looking at guiding through the plan. So, Let's stop here. I hope that we'll come back, hear Brian, what Brian has to say, and uh, we'll share with you our philosophy here at Good Financial Services. And if you're at that point where you're thinking about what's life going to be like after the paycheck, if you're thinking about, uh, you know, where am I at this stage of my financial plan? Because things are different, like like maybe you wouldn't think we'd get to this point, then that's really where you want to listen in for. So you can get our book, Tell Your Boss I Quit at tellyourbossiquitbook.com. You can find out more about Good Financial Services at gootfinancial.com. And you can uh, set up for an appointment there or have a conversation with us and we'll help you get started on your financial plan. And we'll try not to let life get too much in the way.
Thank you for listening to Tell Your Boss I Quit. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. To learn more about defining your financial purpose and how you can thrive and not sacrifice your spending in retirement, download Tell Your Boss I Quit by Pete Goodekinst. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Raymond James. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc., Goot Financial Services, is not a broker, dealer, and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services.